Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I am Zach Drew. So glad you're joining uh, with us this week. I love you guys. I really do. I'm so thankful for those of you that partner with us each and every month that goes by. You're the reason that we can do what we do. We can't do what we do without the Lord and His people standing with us, and I believe that wholeheartedly. For those of you that follow the ministry and are are familiar with the content we produce uh, each week, even if you are familiar, hold hold your horses, buckle up, okay, because this is going to be a ride of rides. This is going to be a roller coaster. I'm going to be making some outlandish statements here in the next two minutes of the things that we're going to be covering on today's program. And though they may seem outlandish, we're going to be spending this show and next show, this is probably going to be a two-part series, on proving to you these outlandish statements that I'm going to make right now. Some of the things we're going to be covering in these next two shows are, one, so CBS's 60 Minutes had a special Sunday night showing how psychedelics can be used to treat anxiety and depression. Yes, I've read some articles about this, but I believe that this is its debut really on national television. And mark my words, psychedelics are coming to a doctor's office near you, and it has nothing to do with new breakthrough research. This is by design, and it is a sign of the times. Point two, well, really, it's why would CBS and other news outlets like CNN and many others want to promote psychedelics? They don't. Well, then who does, Zach? Well, first of all, you need to understand that powerful hallucinogens are key tenets of mind control indoctrination. You've just lost me, Zach. You're now an official conspiracy theorist. You believe those type of things. Stay with me. You know, there is one particular three-letter agency that has been obsessed with mind control operations for 70 years, and that's the CIA. So, Zach, you're saying that CBS and other news outlets like CNN are working with the CIA to popularize psychedelics? Yes. Yes, I am. And why would news agencies do that? Because they're on the payroll of the CIA. My gosh, Zach, you're just off the deep end. Listen, we're going to show We're going to prove it to you. If you didn't know that many news media anchors, reporters, and journalists are on the CIA's payroll, then you may not know about a project called Project Mockingbird. Uh, we're also going to be covering, probably on next show, an additional clip that correlates in a way to what we're talking about in on today's program as well. It's going to be a clip from CNN, another arm of the deep state, telling us what we have been saying here at the ministry for quite some time, that Silicon Valley elite use DMT and other psychedelics to build their technology and the technology of the future. They are communicating with spirit entities. I completely believe that. And they're getting insights on what to do. Why are we covering this, these things at the ministry? I believe all of these things listed are signs of the times. And we are talking about them because Jesus says, for the body of Christ, his beloved bride, to know the times and the signs of those times in which we live. If you're not getting behind this ministry, I pray that you will. We want to be one of your homes for alternative news. We cannot do this without you. We're going to be 
back uh, right after this. Volunteers at some of the country's leading medical research centers, uh, really primarily Johns Hopkins, but there are several others as well, are going through intense therapy sessions. Really, it's six-hour psychedelic journeys deep into their minds to quit, to, to help alleviate certain addictions, free them from anxiety, free them from depression, and they're using psychedelics. And apparently with actually uh, some pretty radically great results. Now that's and it's an that's an interesting point within itself. I I think that they these patients, these volunteers are actually receiving some type of false healings. I believe that spiritual deals are being made and they aren't even really really quite aware. These demons that they are encountering through these psychedelic experiences are giving them what they seek. Okay, they're giving them false healings and even temporary alleviation from their depression and anxiety. But what I but what I don't think they quite understand is that there is a trade that is being made, a deal. They're allowing demons to access their bodies through these gateways. <clears throat> Take a listen to this and tell me what you think. Here's a couple of clips from CBS's 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper condoning psychedelics. It was actually just from this past Sunday. For most of us, psychedelic drugs conjure up images of the 1960s, hippies tripping out on LSD or magic mushrooms. But these powerful, mind-altering substances are now being studied seriously by scientists inside some of the country's foremost medical research centers. They're being used to treat depression, anxiety, and addiction. The early results are impressive, as are the experiences of the study's volunteers who go on a six-hour, sometimes terrifying, but often life-changing psychedelic journey deep into their own minds. They come to a profound shift of worldview, essentially a shift in sense of self that I think... They, they see their life in a different way? Their worldview changes, and, uh, and they are less identified with that self-narrative. Uh, people might use the term ego, and that creates this sense of freedom. Kerry Pappas was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer in 2013. During her psilocybin session, she found herself trapped in a nightmare her mind created. An ancient, prehistoric, barren, land and there's these men with pickaxes just slamming on the rocks so and this felt absolutely real to you absolutely real i was being shown the truth of reality life is meaningless we have no purpose and then i look and i'm still like a witness a beautiful shimmering, bright jewel. And then it was sound and it was booming, booming, booming. Right here, right now. That was being said. Yes, you are alive right here, right now, because that's all you have. And that is my mantra right to here, this right day. It evolves in me. 
it's still alive in you. It's still absolutely alive in me. Does it make you happier? Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily use the word happy. Comfortable. Hmm. Like, comfortable. I mean, I've suffered from anxiety my whole life. I'm comfortable. That, to me, okay, I can die. I'm comfortable. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. That was a crazy video. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You know what? I can tell you what's living on the inside of her. As she said, she actually said, I feel it living on the inside of me. You know what? Someone ought to cast that thing out. Amen. I mean, that's that's a demon, but it's quite the experience. I mean, you can't lie that this lady had an incredible experience. Total deception. Absolutely total deception. She said to focus on the right here, right now. Because, well, nothing else matters. Nothing else is real. That is exactly what Satan wants you to believe. That the only thing that matters is right here, right now, right here, right now, yeah, there is as no, she said. There is no eternity. This is it. Yeah, don't think about death. Don't think about the possibility of an afterlife. Don't think about the possibility that there could actually be a heaven and a hell. Mm-hmm. Don't do all that critical thinking. Just take a six-hour psilocybin trip and focus on the right here and right now. No, you aren't an eternal being, just a mortal that doesn't mean anything. She actually told Anderson Cooper, I was being shown the truth of reality. Life is meaningless. We have no purpose. Do you think that that sounds like something God would say? Sounds depressing. Or Satan would say. This lady literally was told you have no purpose, and yet she's excited about it. The level of deception is absolutely unreal. You see, Satan did create uh, a pretty profound spiritual experience for her. He did. A false religious experience. Spiritual experience. That was so good, so layered with deception, that it's honestly going to be hard for that lady to ever come back to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, I do not... Praying that that is what happens. I pray that she does come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. But I'm saying that because of this spiritual experience, a dark spiritual experience, extra layers of deception have been have now covered her eyes. Yeah. And don't forget that millions are taking these in America. Um, every single year. We've actually quoted this from a, an article on shows prior. Mm-hmm. And not just psilocybin, not just what you can gather from magic mushrooms, but the psychedelic of all psychedelic. It's literally called, it's ayahuasca, literally known as the spirit molecule. Yeah. People are tripping on this DMT and literally meeting God, or such, I should say, a goddess called Mother Ayahuasca. And millions of people, young people, I think it's over 3 million, are doing it Every year in America. And the last time I, I think we even got the record was 2012. And I'm tell you that it's it's been increasing since then. This art, this thing about 60 minutes, it was about psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms. But let me tell you right now that they're literally just going up the scale. Weed is being legalized everywhere, everywhere because that's the lowest hanging fruit. Right. Then it's magic mushrooms, as we've seen in, in places in Colorado. Because people are familiar with magic mushrooms. <coughs> exactly. It's the next lowest hanging fruit. Yep. What's next? DMT. Ayahuasca, which has now been legalized in Oakland, California. 
And they're doing studies that DMT is going to help reduce your anxiety and depression. This particular special was at psilocybin. DMT is coming. Here's from New Atlas. Short-acting psychedelic offers promising new treatment pathway for depression and anxiety. A new survey into the antidepressant qualities of short-acting psychedelics has reported extraordinarily positive improvements in well-being. The research, led by a team at Johns Hopkins University, suggests that brief duration of action seen in the drug 5-MeO-DMT makes it potentially more useful in clinical applications than longer acting psychedelics such as psilocybin and LSD. So get with the news, 60 Minutes. Your old news. The research is already being done on DMT, and it's coming to a doctor's office near you. Hmm. Powerful hallucinogens are key tenets of mind control indoctrination. I'm not talking about sci-fi. And it's not maybe even to the, I mean, it is a level of indoctrination, but I mean, in, 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 in a way, I mean, social media is a level of mind control indoctrination. That's true. But hallucinogens are a key tenet of mind control indoctrination. And I think that the CIA is, is behind this. They're the ones that are promoting it through places like 60 Minutes, CBS's 60 Minutes and CNN and other liberal media outlets. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I mean, it's odd. Actually, I don't think it's odd. But as you saw, Anderson Cooper was the one that was leading this thing. It could be odd if you didn't know that Anderson Cooper is a plant from the CIA. Zach, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Well, let me explain it to you. Okay. Andrew. Prove it to me. (laughs) So it's common knowledge this part that he attended Yale University as an undergraduate. And during that time, he was actually an intern for the CIA. Now, that right there ought to tell you that there could easily be some ties still to him to the CIA. He's absolutely a plant by the CIA, but I'm just trying to prove it to you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, his uncle, William Henry Vanderbilt III, was an executive officer of the Special Operations Branch of the OSS, which then became the CIA. But there was something else in there as well. Don't let it pass you. That that means that he is a descendant of the Vanderbilt family, one of the wealthiest old money families in American history, Anderson Cooper. And his uncle's name was William Wild Bill Donovan. Actually, that's who he served under. Now... This might seem strange, weird, or out of place to you if you're not familiar with a project by the CIA called Operation Mockingbird. Operation Mockingbird. So the CIA has actually used their media uh, plans to do their bidding since the 1950s through a project called Operation Mockingbird. Operation Mockingbird is a program developed by the agency to infiltrate mainstream media and feed them stories that suit the narrative of the agency for national security purposes. Okay, Mm. It was actually birthed out of the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS. Yes, and there is a load of information that you can just look up yourself. It's out there. That, that this absolutely did happen and is most likely still happening. Uh, go through some of that info for us. Yeah, let's just go point by point. In 1977, a Rolling Stone magazine article 
titled The CIA and the Media. Uh, reporter Carl Bernstein wrote, More than 400 American journalists in the past 25 years have secretly carried out assignments for the Central Intelligence Agency, according to documents on file at CIA headquarters. So whenever I'm reading in my news feeds, you can't trust anything this the fake media says. You're absolutely right. But the fake media, isn't. It, it's not that CNN is out to get you. It's the deep state, and the deep state has a name. And it's CIA. Absolutely. Here's some more evidence. Reporter Deborah Davis claimed in her 1979 biography of Catherine Graham, who was the owner of the Washington Post, that the CIA ran an Operation Mockingbird uh, during the early 50s. Davis claimed that Frank Wisner, director of the Office of Policy Coordination, had created Operation Mockingbird in response to the International Organization of Journalists, which was a a communist propaganda machine in Europe. This was their response. Uh, recording, recruiting Phil Graham from the Washington Post to run the project within the industry. According to Davis, by the early 1950s, Wisner, quote, owned respected members of the New York Times, Newsweek, CBS, and other communication vehicles. Mm-hmm. You should understand that the media outlets, psychedelics, the CIA, and the deep state— the push for mind control, the attempted hits that are being made on Donald Trump, the future of technology, the rapid increase of the New Age movement, and all playing into the prophetic end-time scriptures. They are all the same. They are all puzzle pieces of the same puzzle. You need to understand that. This is what we cover on this program. <clears throat> We're going to keep going. But first, if you're having a hard time believing us about the CIA's infiltration in the 50s, and it keeps going, it keeps going, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s, and obviously today. Yeah. But here are just a couple of clips from public hearings. Going back as far as the 1970s, okay, and it's going to help illustrate the point that we're making. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. And we're looking at that very carefully. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to other to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA? who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Uh, At CBS, uh, we uh, 
had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, the ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. We have quite a lot of detailed information, uh, and we will evaluate it, and we will include any um, evidence of wrongdoing or any evidence of impropriety in our final report and make recommendations. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. Senator, do you think that you named the news organizations in your final report? Uh, th that remains to be decided. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of uh, CIA agent ch uh, chiefs uh, of station and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. So the Senate hearing that you just saw in that clip was actually from an investigation of the CIA that was launched in the late 70s. And this is this is what it was in the wake of the Watergate scandal, which is which this is kind of, that's kind of what surfaced everything. We learned a lot about what the CIA was doing yeah. in the wake of the Watergate scandal. We learned about the abuses of power in our country because of that scandal. And basically, Congress wanted to know exactly what was going on. So they authorized a series of investigations into the CIA's activities in 1976 and found that the CIA in fact had operatives working for them to manipulate the media. This is from the Church Committee's report. It says the CIA currently maintains a network of several hundred several hundred several hundred foreign individuals around the world who provide intelligence for the CIA and at times attempt to influence opinion through the use of covert propaganda. Time out. So you got to understand what they're saying is that journalists not just domestically within our country but hundreds of foreign journalists and reporters on the CIA's payroll all throughout the country that are in other countries feeding them stories, many times lies, yes. that domestically we can report news just in from Iraq or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm just saying an right. example. This was just said from, you know, feet on the ground. It's all fake. Yeah. Well, not all of it. I can't say it's all <laughs> fake, but so much of what we see is fake. Andrew, who was the um, CIA director during that time? The CIA director at that time was uh, George Bush Sr. Okay. And and the, so the CIA Hello. did not deny any of this information that they uncovered. Um, this was the official response of, By who? of George Bush Sr., okay. who was the director of the CIA at the time. He said, effective immediately, CIA will not enter into any paid or contractual relationships with any full-time or part-time news correspondent accredited by any U.S. Uh, US news service, newspaper, periodical, radio, or television network or station. So so 
basically said, you caught us, but uh, we're not going to do it again. And why wouldn't we believe George Bush Sr.? Because he lied. <laughs> <clears throat> because they did do it again. And they're still doing it today. Um, how do I know? So this was in 1976 or 77 that he made. Because that was the time he was the director. Yep. And became our president. So, I mean, isn't that odd? I mean, just stop right there. You You need to understand that the CIA is the deep state. Like... That is what the, the it is an absolute rogue government agency. Yes, if you understood, and if you, my goodness, if you tune into next week's show, we're going to tell you some of the things that the CIA has been in, involved with. Actually, we've been studying it in a book called Poisoner in Chief by Stephen Kinzer, published by Henry Holt Publishing Company. Powerful book. Bush lied in 1976. So they would stop doing that. Because in 1991, I'm going to be show, I'm showing you right now. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. The first page of this. This is a declassified government document talking about this subject. Now, if you're looking at page one, go ahead and scroll down to page six of this document. So this is a 1991 declassified document that highlights the close relationship between the mainstream media and the agency. The document states here it is that the CIA task force now has relationships with reporters from every major wire service, newspaper, Newsweek and television network in the nation and that this has helped them turn some intelligence failure stories into intelligence success stories it also explains how the agency has persuaded reporters to postpone change hold or even scrap stories go ahead and come back to me if you actually go back to that frame and you, you might be able to see at the very bottom We'll put a link to that unclassified or declassified document within our description if you want to take a look at it. But it actually even illustrated at the bottom that it, it can suggest that they even filter Hollywood films through the lens of or through the um, basically what the CIA says you can say about us through films. Yeah, to skew public opinion of, <laughs> yeah. of our intelligence agencies. Exactly. Listen, we only have a couple minutes left of this show. Oh, I'm sorry to say this one. I actually am sorry to say this one because, well, I love Americana. And no name in the news world screams Americana like Walter Cronkite. I am sorry to rock your world and shatter the good old days, but even beloved Walter Cronkite, America's newsman, was a part of this. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was literally known... As the most trusted man in America. And he was the most trusted, but he was the most trusted asset of Operation Mockingbird. Hmm. Cronkite was a former intelligence officer. And he was actually lured away from his UPI Moscow desk. Look it up. I mean, this these aren't secrets. They might be buried. And don't look it up on Google. Look it up on Bing and Yahoo because you're not going to find anything on Google. He was lured away from his UPI Moscow desk by Operation Mockingbird's Phil Graham. 
And he was even likely on the payroll of the CIA. Now, that hasn't been confirmed. Mm-hmm. But by what we know about the payroll of the CIA, of the news reporters, it would be absolutely foolish to think that he wasn't on that list. Yeah. In 1978, listen to this. Some 3,000 people, 3,000 salaried and contract CIA employees were eventually engaged in propaganda efforts. The cost of disinforming the world cost American taxpayers an estimated $265 million a year by 1978. 3,000 journalists, reporters, news anchors were on the CIA's payroll in 1978. And it was costing the government, through your taxpaying dollars, $265 million every year by 1978. A budget that's larger than the combined expenditures of Reuters, UPI, and the AP news syndicates in that time. Cronkite was a trusted and valued part of that huge mass propaganda effort. Hmm. Wow. And this is just the beginning of the rabbit hole. Please join us next week for part two. Of this, of this topic. What we're going to be talking about next, the CIA and its love for psychedelics, baby. Really, you're going to want to tune in. 